Good morning. Good to see everyone who's here this morning. Uh, glad to have those of you who are joining with us uh, online. Uh, we're there online on several different platforms. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at the same place at HBC Tullahoma. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Highland Baptist Tullahoma. And then our phone live streaming is 855-532-4025. So be sure to, if you're here in person, share that information with others. Uh, there are still others who can't come for, uh, they may be sick or other reasons. Uh, it's also an awesome opportunity for outreach. Uh, just to get people connected to our church uh, that maybe they're not comfortable yet coming to a service, uh, but you can say, hey, uh, you can watch us online and encourage them to do that uh, on any of those platforms uh, that they can listen to us. Even on the phone live streaming, it records the last service, uh, and you can be able to go back and, and listen to that when you call that number. Uh, let me just also remind those who are at home uh, there, if you'll go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com, uh, it's under the info tab that's just a couple of tabs over uh, that you can click on that uh, you can also download the worship bulletin there under the info tab for today you can download the
of the children's worship bulletins. If you want those uh, here in person, the ushers will be glad to come and give you one. Uh, the children's worship bulletins are in this windowsill over here. They're for ages three and up and ages seven and up, two different ones uh, there. And then also under that info tab, you can download our prayer list. If you want one of the prayer lists, they're on the table behind us here uh, in the hallway across from the offices. So I encourage you to go ahead uh, and do that also. But we're glad to have everybody who's here with us this morning. Uh, looking forward to a wonderful service uh, today. Uh, isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. 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 So Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us. Good morning, all. Take your hymnals and turn to 280. For those of you that don't want to use the hymnal, the words will be up there. Let's sing, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross. Ladies.
Amen. As we come to our time for our missionary moment, I just want to bring your attention to Travis and Katie Cunningham. They uh, call Los Angeles, which many of us associate with Hollywood uh, and the lifestyles of the rich and famous, as their mission field. Uh, and despite uh, all that it's known for, only about 8.3% are known as evangelical Christians. Uh, uh, Travis was born in a town uh, nearby there, raised nearby there, uh, and always had in his heart to go to be able to come back there to his hometown uh, and to start a new church plant. And that's exactly what they did in 2021. Because of COVID, they had to meet in a park, uh, and they would have people who may have not otherwise came inside the building hear the gospel and hear the songs that they were singing, came and joined them, and are and are now becoming believers. And so we just want to uplift them as. Each and every Sunday as we give to our tithes and offerings, we're supporting our missionaries on the field. Travis and Katie are a couple of those missionaries. So we just want to uplift them as well as all of our missionaries in prayer this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for all the many blessings that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, for people uh, like Travis and Katie who have answered the call to the mission field and for even just bringing them back to where the desire of their heart was to be able to share the gospel and to plant a New Testament church. Uh, there in Hollywood. So, Father, I pray that you'll just help them to continue uh, to reach people, to continue to share the gospel, give them opportunities like never before, and we just pray your hedge of protection about them, uh, guide them in every step that they take, and we pray that for all of our missionaries uh, who are across North America and around the world. We ask, Lord, for your blessings upon them, especially those, Lord, uh, who are serving in places uh, that are becoming more and more dangerous. We pray for all those people uh, in the Ukraine and Ask, Lord, that you'll be with them and our missionaries who have been serving there, too. And we just pray, God, your protection upon them. So, Father, we ask your blessings this morning as we come to worship you. We want to uh, have clear minds and clear hearts because we want to hear your word from us. So we come, Lord, asking you to forgive us of all of our sins, to wash us and cleanse us with the precious blood of Christ. May there not be any sin that we're holding on to. So, Lord, that we might, you might hear our prayers and you might answer in a powerful way this morning and stir hearts for those to become believers, for others to come and join our fellowship, whatever decisions might need to be made. Use this message and the songs that we're singing this morning to stir our hearts to a more faithful walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let me again just say thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, let me just give you a quick, uh, I don't want to spend too long, but uh, let me give you a quick update on Christopher. Uh, as we weren't here last week, he had had a sledding accident last Friday, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. Uh, hit a tree, broke his femur. Uh, they said he couldn't have broke it in a better place because it's not near the joints. Uh, they were able to put a titanium rod down the middle of the bone, uh, have two screws at the bottom, two at the top. Uh, they told him that he can be able to walk on it. Uh, whatever he feels like he can tolerate, he can do. Uh, he has been walking with his walker. He's been uh, walking up and down the, the steps. Uh, at the school, he said, I think it was Monday, he said he had walked six flights of stairs. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, he, when he was walking with his walker, he said he felt like that little old man in the cartoon up. <laughs> and we said, do, you, do we need to get you some balloons and tie to your walker so you'll feel, it, feel comfortable? <laughs> but he's, he's been uh, joking and carrying 
going on with others. He, he's got a lot of encouragement, a lot of uh, guys that are surrounding him and, and gals there too at the school uh, that are encouraging him. Uh, he didn't do classes this week, but he will be starting back next week. They also did say that it shouldn't affect anything with his military service, and so we just praise the Lord for that uh, also. So just wanted to give you that quick update about that with him. He's no longer on the pain medicine uh, also, and so uh, that's just a week since the accident. So uh, praise the Lord for that. Let me just remind you uh, that on Sunday mornings, we are doing a series on the life of Jesus. And on the sides of the stage here at the door back here, and I believe there may be one or two back here still in the hallway if someone's not picked them up. We do have these books that we're giving for free to anybody who wants them. If you're a guest, we encourage you to pick up one of our guest bags. One of these books is in there for you, uh, as well as some other things that we want to share with you about our church and some other little gifts that we want to give you to welcome you and to say thank you so much for being here with us. So if you're a guest, be sure to get that. If you brought a guest with you, be sure to get one for them and give to them. But the books are here for anybody to get. Uh, be sure to get one of those. Uh, we're using it as kind of a little bit of a guide chronologically uh, as we're going through the life of Jesus. So be sure to do that. On Wednesday nights, we're going through the book of Revelation, uh, and we uh, developed a little card that we wanted to give some people a couple of weeks ago. We went through the numbers in the book of Revelation and numbers that are all throughout uh, the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. And so if you wanted one of those cards, maybe you heard that message, or maybe you want to go back and watch that message uh, and, and get that information again. Uh, we do have a few of these cards that we'll give to you. We'll print some more if we need to, uh, but let me know and we'll get those uh, to you. And then also just want to remind you that you can do your offerings uh, here at the offering plates. You can do it as you leave this morning back there or back here in the hallway. If you're at home, you can do those by bringing it by the church anytime Monday through Thursday uh, during our business hours. You can also uh, send that in the mail to Highland Baptist Church at Post Office Box 1195. Tullahoma, Tennessee, 37388. Or you can also go online. Anybody can do that in person or at, on, at home. Uh, and just go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. Go to the far right-hand side. Click the Give Online tab. Very easy platform there to set up and to do. Uh, you can set it up as a recurring gift or you can do it as a one-time thing. And a lot of people do that. Uh, and it's very simple and easy to do to be able to do your giving. So thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for our prayer, your prayers for us and our family and for Christopher. Brother Mike, if you'll come. Christopher, just count that if you're watching as practice for when you get older. <laughs> Join us with hymn 281, Speak to My Heart. Brother Jim just prayed in a prayer that, that uh, we listen to Christ as he speaks to us. So let's sing this song. I think it fits nicely. 281, Speak to My Heart. Ladies.
And as we pray for, prepare for our next song, which is 302, which is Have Thine Own Way, we want to remind the parents that the children's uh, church will be gathering over on the piano side during this song. So stand with the choir, if you would. They're already standing. 302. <laughs> It's 294. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm not even going to say anything. It'd be good if I could read. Have thine own way, second verse.
to the river I'm proud and go in turn
Glad all your hope is in Jesus and you've been washed by the blood. Amen. Amen. Next time, Miss Pat, we want to see you hopping in the seat over there when you're playing. <laughs> Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to John chapter 1 and verse 35 through verse 42. Uh, we're continuing, as we said, our walk through the life of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to be looking at an ordinary disciple, an ordinary disciple. And we're going to look, first of all, at verse 35 and then at verse 40 uh, here in this uh, chapter to begin with. And then we'll go back and cover some of the in-between uh, places here. So let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word, John 1 and verse 35 and then verse 40. The next day again... John was standing with two of his disciples. Then go down to verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you in prayer this morning, we come, Lord, uh, with humble hearts, knowing that we don't deserve anything that you've given to us. Lord, we don't deserve to be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We deserve an eternity separated from you in hell. But thank you so much, God, that you looked upon us in your mercy and your grace and you sent your only begotten son, Jesus, who paid the price for us, who died on the cross on behalf of us and who arose from the grave to give us eternal life. So, Father, I pray this morning that you'll use this passage, you'll use this message to stir the hearts of every believer, to stir the hearts of every believer to service in your kingdom work, to realize you have a purpose and a plan for their lives. And, Father, I pray most importantly that you will use it to stir the hearts of those who may not yet have trusted by faith in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Whether they're here in person or they're watching online, we know that you are with us in both places, so we ask for your Holy Spirit. Spirit to begin his work uh, right now that they would hear the word and receive it and respond to it uh, in the invitation. We ask for your blessings upon your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I, I want to ask you to do something for me. You've got a place in your, in your bulletin there if you've got one or if you've got a piece of paper taking notes. I, I want to ask you to start uh, by drawing four circles uh, in your bulletin, four circles and then a larger one on the south. So start with a small one, uh, large enough that you could at least write your name in it, uh, then draw another circle around that big enough to write a word in it, and then another larger one around that, and then an even larger one around that. So there'll be four circles that you'll have uh, there on your paper, and we'll come back to those uh, in just a moment. So just wanted to make sure you have that and you'll be ready when we get to those uh, parts that we'll come back to later. Many of us know Billy Graham and knew him and, and the faithfulness uh, that he had. When he wrote his biography, uh, he entitled it, anybody remember? Just As I Am. That was a song they always sang at the Billy Graham Crusades, and, and that was what he titled his autobiography. And he tells in that autobiography uh, of his experiences with many famous people uh, that he encountered in his ministry. Uh, he was a friend and an advisor uh, of many presidents of the United States, Republican and Democrat. Uh, as you read through the book, though, however, you get the idea that his ministry has been a ministry devoted to the well-known and to the famous people 
But towards the end of the book, he has a rather interesting chapter uh, of some of the people he encountered in his ministry. And then he makes this statement in his book. He says, 98% of my time has been spent with people who were never in the public eye. He was saying that these well-known people you may hear about, uh, he talked about, but most of his ministry he spent with plain, down-to-earth, ordinary people. Jesus was very, very much like that. Jesus encountered kings and governors uh, and and magistrates and and religious leaders, uh, but Jesus Christ mostly came in contact with average, ordinary people. Someone said, God must have loved ordinary people because he made so many of them. There's more of us ordinary people than there are the famous. Uh, Jesus spent his time with ordinary people. And one of those ordinary people is this man. We just read his name in verse 40 there, uh, Andrew. And we're calling Andrew in this message the ordinary disciple. Almost every time that Andrew is mentioned in the Bible, he's always placed in a secondary role. Uh, Look again at verse 40. It says in verse 40 there, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew. What's it say? Simon Peter's brother. You know, uh, a lot of times the pastor's wife uh, always gets referred to as the pastor's wife. or uh, It's almost like she gets a secondary role, but I want to tell you, she's the primary role. <laughs> she's the one that uh, is, keeping, is keeping me propped up uh, for you. And so uh, that's kind of the way Andrew was here. Andrew was always known as, oh, he's Simon Peter's brother. You know Simon Peter. Nobody knows Andrew. And so we have the mention here of Andrew uh, that says he's Simon Peter's brother. And every time you read about Andrew in the Bible, that's the way he's always described. Uh, He's always in the shadows, if you will. He's always in the shadow of his brother, Simon Peter. Simon Peter's in the limelight. Simon Peter is the great preacher. He's the one who preaches on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Andrew just seems to be secondary. But as you read the life of Andrew, you find that he is a very great encouragement to us even today. He dispels a myth that still exists today. It's the myth that you can't effectively serve Jesus unless you're some well-known, greatly gifted individual. Uh, We have the idea that, I mean, we're having Super Bowl today. Uh, We we have the idea that that you have to be some great football player in order to witness for Jesus Christ or, or, or to be a beauty queen in order to have an effective testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet Andrew was in a secondary role. And as far as we know, he didn't possess any great gifts. Uh, We have no record that he ever stood and preached a great sermon to, to the masses. We don't have any books. By, the, by Andrew uh, that he wrote. And, and yet, God used Andrew in a wonderful, wonderful way. What an encouragement that is to ordinary people. I, I heard that two out of three people in the world are either beautiful or brilliant. Let me ask you to do this. Look at the person on each side of you. If it's not them, it's you. <laughs> but for the most part, uh, uh, most part, most of us... We're just ordinary, average, down-to-earth people. 
Andrew is an encouragement to us. And it says to us that though we may never be able to be like many of the Bible characters we read about, we can all be like Andrew. You may never be a David uh, who composes beautiful psalms. Uh, you may never be a Simon Peter and, and preach a sermon at Pentecost. You may never be an Apostle Paul and, and be a great missionary like in the book of Romans and, and Acts. But you, you and I can be an Andrew because we can be an ordinary disciple who is used in an extraordinary way by the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see some things about Andrew as we walk through this, some things that we need to make sure of in our lives so that we can be used by God as an ordinary disciple. Here's the first point I want you to see is his conversion, his conversion. So let's follow the life of this ordinary disciple here in John chapter 1. Here we have the record of his conversion, how he came uh, to a personal experience with Jesus Christ. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you had that personal experience uh, of knowing Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? If you haven't, today is the day for you to do that. Uh, we read here, and in, in, get the context here, uh, John the Baptist was was preaching uh, around the River Jordan. Evidently, Andrew, uh, who was a fisherman uh, by profession, left his business for a while, went down to hear uh, John at the Jordan preach, and, and he became one of his disciples. But John wasn't just gathering people around himself. He wasn't trying to build up, in a sense, what we might say today. He wasn't trying to build up his church. Uh, John was pointing people always to the Lamb of God. Uh, who was going to come. So go back to verse 35, if you will, and we'll go down through verse 37 here. So it says, next day again, John, John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two, disi two, the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. That day... When Jesus was walking down to the Jordan, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. And his disciples turned and started following Jesus. What an awesome preacher John the Baptist was. John preached his crowd away, if you will. John wasn't afraid uh, to send his disciples out. Uh, and that's really what we ought to be always doing. We ought to always be turning uh, the, the, the people's attention away from us this is not about Highland Baptist. It's not about First Baptist Tullahoma. It's not about Grace Baptist. It's not about First Baptist Manchester. It's about Jesus Christ. And that's what John the Baptist was doing. He wasn't saying, oh, y'all need to come here and come to my church. He says, no, there is the Lamb of God. You need to be following Jesus. And so what an awesome preacher that he was. And that's what we ought to be doing. Always turning people and their attention away from ourselves to get people interested in the Lord Jesus Christ. So they're now following Jesus. And then we get to verse 38. And so Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? Let's just stop right there for just a moment. Jesus uses that word seek many times. He said one time, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Another time Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What a word. What are you seeking? What are you looking for? 
I have a feeling that there are a lot of people in this world who, who never think about that question. A lot of people who just live life, they really don't know why they're here. They don't know where they came from. They don't know where they're going. They really have never given thought to that question, what am I looking for? What am I seeking in life? There's other people who maybe have raised that question, but they've really found no genuine satisfactory answer for what they are really seeking in life. And so I wonder if Jesus should come to you this morning and to speak into your heart. I wonder if Jesus would come to you one-on-one. Just imagine that Jesus is right there next to you and he's asking you this question. What are you seeking? Now, what are these disciples here in the Bible seeking? But what are you seeking? What is it that uh, you're seeking in in life? What would be your answer? Uh, What would you say? Would you say fame? Would you say fortune? Would you say power? Uh, You know, when you look at the answer to this question that you may have, uh, when when you know that answer, uh, it tells a great deal about how happy and how fulfilled you're going to be. There's really three basic needs that everybody in this world has. Everybody needs to be loved. Everybody needs security. And everybody needs to feel that they are significant. There's a reason, there's a purpose for every single person who's here in this building, every single person who's watching online, there is a purpose and a reason for your existence. What are you seeking, said Jesus? A lot of people are seeking, but they haven't found what they're looking for because they're looking in all the wrong places. A lot of people are looking for love and security and significance And they're looking in all the wrong places. People are frantically, desperately looking for meaning and the purpose of life and fulfillment. And they need to find it because they aren't looking in the right places. And that's why they can't find it. Jesus said, what are you seeking? And notice what they said. Go on with the rest of the verse. Rabbi, which means teachers, where are you staying? Where do you live? As if to say, Lord, you've asked a very important question, and it's going to take a little time to talk about this question. And so then notice what Jesus says in verse 39. He said to them, come and you will see. And that literally is what he said. What a wonderful promise here. Jesus promises to meet the search of the human heart. Jesus says, you come to me and you'll find what you're looking for. What a wonderful day that was. Uh, Notice it was the 10th hour. Uh, He goes on in verse 39 and says, And so they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour, as John verse 39 tells us there. He remembered the very hour. So so John is writing this uh, later here uh, about Andrew, and he had gotten this information from Andrew, and Andrew remembers exactly the moment. He remembers, hey, it was the 10th hour on that day when we went to Jesus where he was staying at. He remembered the very hour. He remembered the time when he found the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. Let me ask you this morning, do you have that moment and that time in your life? Do you have that hour? Now, I don't necessarily mean a literal hour, but do you remember the time when you came to Christ, when you trusted in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? If you don't have that definite time that you can go back in your life and say, I know it was there, 
then you need to do some soul searching about your salvation. We see Andrew here, and he went to Christ, and he meets Christ, and he later says to his brother Simon Peter, we found the Messiah. He was saying in that that he had found what his heart was looking for. He had found the solution to the great quest of his soul. Here was Andrew, an ordinary person who came to Jesus and out of the ordinary Savior. And then Jesus takes this ordinary person and does something extraordinary with him. Even though you may feel this morning like you're a nobody. If you've come to Jesus Christ and you've given your heart and your life to him, you are somebody. Because you're now a child of the king. Isn't it wonderful to be saved? Isn't it wonderful to be God's child? It's wonderful to be an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Ordinary people converted. And now God can use them in extraordinary ways. That's the first step we see in Andrew's life. And that needs to be the first step for you this morning. Here's the second that we see. His call. His call. Next, we see Andrew's call. Uh, I wanted to ask you to turn back to Matthew in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. And we'll get some more information here uh, about Andrew and his life. So Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. Matthew four eighteen says this. While walking by the Sea of Galilee... So think about where they're at. John chapter 1 took place down at the River Jordan, which is to the south. The Sea of Galilee is up to the north. Andrew is back in his native home, back in Galilee. Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee here in Matthew 4. And it says he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and here's the secondary one, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. So you get the picture here. It's north of modern-day Palestine. It's on the beautiful Sea of Galilee. Jesus is walking there. These fishermen are there. By profession, Andrew and his brother were fishermen. They were busily engaged in casting their nets out into the sea. Merchants were selling their, their wares and their products. And, and it was kind of like, a, if you will, a Galilean mall, if you will. Uh, there were people everywhere, activities going on. And so Jesus comes to this man Andrew. Now he's already been converted and he now extends a call to him. Now of course the first call he gives to any of us as we said a while ago was the call to salvation. That took place when he said what are you seeking? That's the call to salvation. The Bible says many are called, few are chosen. Who are the chosen? Those who respond to the call. Uh, there's not a call uh, to not only a call to salvation though there is also a call to service. God wants you to do something for him. God has a specific work for each and every one of us. You aren't just an ordinary person because God extends him, his call to you to do something for him. So notice here that Andrew was busy. 
He and his brother were casting a net into the sea. They were working. Now, when you look at the Bible and study the Bible carefully, you'll find that Jesus uh, always calls people who are already busily engaged uh, to follow him. So you may be thinking, well, I'm just too busy with life to trust in Jesus. That's the very persons that Jesus called. I know we're living in a busy day. We're, we're, there, there are hectic, busy days. People are working longer hours than they've ever worked before. People are just busy. But God is interested in busy people. It's a matter of priorities. And it's a matter of how you're willing to spend your time. Are you willing to give some time to do something for Jesus? Are you willing to spend a little time to get engaged in an activity that can have an eternal consequence. If you are, uh, who you may feel, uh, you may feel so ordinary, but you can be ex- extraordinary for Jesus. So uh, they were busy, they were working, they were fishermen. Jesus says to them, follow me. What a wonderful invitation. What an honor. Follow me. Think about this. If Jesus is speaking to your heart about serving him, what an honor that is to you. I very clearly remember when I was a 13-year-old boy living in North Florida in a small rural town of about 600 population, the Lord called me to preach the gospel. And it was for about three months that I struggled uh, with that call and what God was calling me to do. It was between the months of March and April uh, of 1980 when I finally surrendered to that call. And I was so honored and yet so humbled that the Lord would call me to serve him. But I want to tell you this morning, he's still calling. He's calling some of you. He's calling some of you. He's touching your heart. He's speaking maybe even to someone right here or someone who's watching online. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Notice how Jesus spoke to Andrew in a language he could understand. Jesus knows our language, our heart language. Jesus knows how to speak to your heart. You may be a builder, and the Lord Jesus says to you, follow me and I'll make you a builder for me. You may be a teacher, and Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you a teacher for me. I don't know what language it is that that your heart language, but Jesus knows your heart. And Jesus knows how to get his message to you. He knew these were fishermen. So he didn't say to these guys, uh, hey, uh, come and follow me and I'll make you be carpenters of men. They were fishermen. So he spoke to them and what they knew. And he says to them, I'll make you fishers of men. What he literally did there is he just expanded the horizons of this man, Andrew. His life was spent around the Sea of Galilee. All he had ever known was fishing for fish. And then Jesus says, you answer my call and I'll make you a fisher for men. That's a beautiful picture of what it means to lead people to Christ. That fishing picture here. A beautiful picture for soul winning. Being a fisherman is one of the most beautiful of them all. So think about it. In order to fish, it takes a lot of patience. You know, sometimes you go fishing and you don't get a bite at all. Samantha's ready to go home if they ain't biting. But you got to be patient. You got to be patient. What we need to know about fishing 
is that you, if you want to catch fish, you have to fish. You have to know where the fish are. Uh, and you have to keep fishing until you catch fish. The same thing is true about leading people to Christ. You have to be patient. Stay at it. Something else. It, it takes a little skill. As we said, you have to know where the fish are. Jesus says to us, if you want to be a fisherman of men, you have to go where the fish are. Most of the fish, most of those who don't know Christ, are not in this building. They're out there in the world. They're out there where you work. They're out there where you go to school, young people. Uh, they're out there in your neighborhood. They're your neighbors. And, and, and they're mostly not in this building. There are some. There may be some lost people here. And when the invitation is given, I'm, I'm praying that you'll come to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But for the most part, those who are lost, the fish, aren't in this building. The fish are out there. You have to go where the fish are. And so it takes a lot of cooperation. Everybody has to work. Notice that they worked on their nets together. Sometimes they use those uh, huge nets. It would take several men to throw those nets out. So if you're going to win people to, to faith in Jesus Christ, a, a whole lot of ordinary, plain, down-to-earth people cooperating together can do the job for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons we have uh, what we, have our, called, we call as our cooperative program. Because we can't do it all as Highland Baptist Church. We can't reach the whole world. So we join with other Baptist churches of like faith and mind. And, and we seek to do things together uh, to reach the world uh, for Christ and to share the gospel. And we're able to do more together than what we can do by ourselves. And so it says that they left their nets and they followed him. You know, if you're going to serve the Lord, you have to leave some things if you want to lead people to Jesus. You have to leave some things if you want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll leave what you have and you'll give all you have to Jesus, he'll take your ordinary and make it extraordinary. His conversion was finding the Messiah. His call was follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Here's the third point, his career. So go back to John's gospel in John chapter 1. So in those circles you have, in that middle circle, you should have written your name. That's the starting point for you to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can't share something with somebody that you don't have already in your heart and in your life. And so we're going to look at the rest of those circles in this last point here. Because when we go back to John 1, uh, we're looking here at the career of this ordinary disciple, Andrew. We've already said you can be an Andrew. You may not be a Simon Peter, but you can be an Andrew. You may not be a wonderful piano player, but you can be an Andrew. You may not be a magnificent soloist to sing, but you can be an Andrew. When you study the life uh, of this man, Andrew, uh, he, who was constantly in the business of fishing uh, for men, he was constantly involved inviting others to Jesus. Surveys have been taken over and over and over again about why people come to church. You ever wonder why people come to church? Did you know that without exception, overwhelmingly, every survey says that people come to church because they're invited by a member of that church? That's the reason people come. Most of you who are here, you came here because somebody invited you to come here. The last survey that I saw said that over 80% of people who show up at church come because they're invited by somebody. That's something that every single one of us 
can do. You don't have to be able to preach some great sermon like Billy Graham to invite somebody to church. All you have to do is to say, hey, how about coming to church with me this morning? I'd like you to come to church with me. You don't have to be able to sing those songs. You don't have to be able to sing them a song to get them to come to church. In fact, some of you would maybe drive them away, if you think. But it's something that any Christian can do. Any Christian can invite somebody, somebody else, to come to church. So in the Gospel of John, every time Andrew is mentioned in John... He's leading somebody to Jesus. So look at John 1, verse 41 and verse 42. It says, so this is right after Jesus calls him and he he surrenders to to follow him. Uh, It says, he first found, in verse 41, his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah which means Christ. And then verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful statement? You have Andrew leading people to Christ from his family circle. That's that first circle outside of you. So just write the word family in that. You know, God has given you one of the greatest mission fields that you would ever have, and that's your family. You think about as as parents... The greatest mission field that you will ever have are your children. To share the good news of the gospel with them. So we see here Andrew first finds his brother. He puts it first. He makes it a priority. You know, personal work is priority work because it's eternal work. When you lead somebody to Jesus, you've done an eternal work. There's nothing more effective than one-on-one invitations. God blesses the preaching we do here. God blesses our singing. Uh, And we thank the Lord for for all of those things. Uh, But but a lot of it's like pouring water on a bunch of bottles. Thankfully, some of the water gets in in some of the bottles. And some people get saved. But the most effective way to fill up the bottles is one by one at a time. And to fill it up with water. The most effective thing that can be done in our fellowship is for you, one-on-one, to tell people about Jesus. To invite people personally to the Lord Jesus Christ. He did it first. He went to a difficult place. Because to be honest, home isn't the easiest place to tell others about Jesus. It's a difficult place. Some of you who are here this morning, you have lost parents. And it's not easy to witness to them. Some of you parents, you have lost family members. It's not easy. Why? Because they know you better than anybody else. They know your faults. They know your failures. And it's not easy. He witnessed in a difficult spot. And yet Jesus said to a man one time, he said, go home, tell your friends What great things God has done for you. Some of you uh, could lead your son or your daughter to the Lord Jesus Christ this week. If you would just sit down and talk to them about Jesus. You don't have to bring them to the preacher first. You don't have to bring them to your Sunday school teacher first. You as a parent have that responsibility to be telling your children about Jesus Christ. Some of us could get on the telephone. And call and talk to a mom or a dad and and share Christ with them this week. And if we got that on our heart and tell them about Jesus. He witnessed to a pretty tough case. Because think about Simon Peter. Simon Peter wasn't the easiest of guys to talk to. 
This guy had been known to cuss people out. He had a language problem. In fact, he was also known to be violent because even after he got saved, you remember the Lord had to work on him pretty hard to take some of that rough house out of him. He was a tough guy. Here's Andrew going home to tell old, rough, tough Simon Peter about the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember I was at work one time. I worked at Sears, the mall in Maryville, and had switched stores and was working at the Westtown Mall in Knoxville. And I had one of, our, one of my coworkers who came in. We unloaded the trucks as I worked in the loading dock. And, and we were unloading the truck, and this guy had got into the back of the truck, and he was just taking boxes and slinging them down the road, slinging them down. He was mad, slinging them everywhere. And he was just so mad and furious. And finally, I, I just said, come on, we need to go sit and talk for a minute. And we went and sat down and talked for a minute to talk to him about that he couldn't be throwing those boxes around, yelling. He was cursing. And I asked him, what's going on? And then through the conversation of talking with him, I come to find out his wife was talking to some other guy on the Internet. His marriage was about to fall apart. He was just mad, and he was just angry about all of that. He said, I just don't know what to do. And so I began to talk to him and share with him that the first place he had to start was to make sure of his salvation. So I started telling him the plan of salvation, how God loves him and created him and how sin entered in and separates us from God and how God loved us even while we were sinners and and sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to live that perfect sinless life, to die on the cross, to rise from the grave, to give us victory over death, hell, and the grave so we could live eternally with him forever. And I asked him if he believed that and if he wanted to pray to be saved. And this rough, tough guy who had just been so mad and angry and cursing Big tears began to roll down his face. And he said, I certainly would. And so right there, I remember it plainly, in the manager's office of that Sears store at the Westtown Mall in Knoxville, he prayed the sweetest prayer like a child praying and weeping and invited Jesus into his heart. God changed things around in his marriage. A big part of the problem was him. And when he got things right in his heart, it changed his whole family. And the last I ever spoke with him, uh, shortly after we left there and I'd visited back there, uh, his marriage was strong. They were both going to church. They were both faithful in their relationship with the Lord. That tough one out there that you're thinking of uh, may just be a rough exterior. That man or that lady who's so difficult to use as bad language, it may be just a facade on the outside. They may be hurting inside because of something else that you don't even know about. But God is using that to bring them to himself. And they may be just waiting for somebody to tell them about Jesus. What a work Andrew did. He led his own brother to Christ. And so Simon Peter stood and he preached and he moved thousands. Yes, but Andrew moved Simon Peter. You know, somebody led Billy Graham to faith in Christ. Here was Andrew, who led his brother to faith in Christ. Uh, Simon Peter, on that day of Pentecost, became a a spiritual father, if you will, to 3,000 souls. But yes, but it was Andrew who led somebody in his family circle to the Lord. Look at that next circle, that further circle. In John chapter 6, this is the account of of, of 5,000 hungry men and women and more than that, more than the 5,000 there, but the men that are mentioned. It was dinner time. Uh, There was nothing to feed them. What would you do? 
5,000 hungry people plus all the women and, and children in addition to that. And the Lord knew what he was going to do, but the Lord wanted his disciples to get on the, in on the blessing. And here's what it says in John 6 and verse 8 and verse 9. One of his disciples, just an ordinary disciple, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Isn't that interesting? Here was a little boy. That language there is little words. Literally, he's saying, there's a little fella here with five loaves and two teeny weeny fishes. But what are these among so many? Isn't it wonderful to notice that Andrew had time for a little boy? There's no record that Simon Peter ever said anything. Simon Peter was moving. He was, he was with the movers and the shakers. But there was Andrew with his eyes on that little boy. Thank God for some who are disciples of Jesus Christ in this church when you take an interest in children. Did you notice all those children going back to children's church? That was a bunch. That was a bunch. Maybe there's somebody here today that God is trying to teach you to reach and to teach young people. You've been running from God's perfect plan for you. Maybe there's somebody here that God wants you to teach boys and girls in Sunday school or in Awana to invest your time in these little children. Think about it. To get this little lad and his lunch to the Lord. What could the Lord do with just a little boy and his lunch? Even Andrew had some doubt when he said, what are these among so many. He didn't see there was much a chance, but you never know what God can do when you get a little child to Jesus. Lead somebody in that further circle to the Lord. So in the church, there are those God has placed in your circle. So that next circle outside of family there is even within the church. Be looking for those opportunities through service in the church to share the gospel. We have all kinds of outreach opportunities to share the gospel uh, with those who are part of the church. And especially with children. But notice here at verse 20 and 22 in John 12. John 12, 20 and 22 says... Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told who? Andrew. And Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Now think about this. The Greeks represent those in the farthest Circle. They represent the great host of Gentiles that would come to the Lord Jesus Christ. They represent the world. So you could write the world in that outer circle. The vast multitudes of the nations of the world who would come to the cross of Calvary. And now they've come to Jerusalem. And they're obviously dissatisfied. And their Greek philosophy hasn't satisfied the longing of their soul. Uh, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. He said, for since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. You can try to know God through, through all the earthly knowledge there is, but it will never fulfill you. It, it says, though, that it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. 
He's saying here that you can't find God by investigation only. You, can't, you can only find God by revelation. God has to reveal himself to you. They were dissatisfied. Their philosophies weren't working. They were disillusioned. They had come to Jerusalem. They're here in Jerusalem, the center of worship at that day. The Hebrew faith centered there. And yet they didn't find what their hearts were looking for. And they were so desperate, they came to the Lord and they said, we want to see Jesus. You might be surprised, even in the city of Tullahoma, of who is wanting to see Jesus. You might be surprised how many people are disillusioned by their religions and by their philosophies. And I don't think they're too interested in these buildings. They probably could care less. They may not be all that impressed with the music that we sing that blesses our hearts. Their hearts aren't in tune, tune to the songs of heaven. They probably aren't very interested even in the preaching. But I have a feeling some of them have family problems. And they would be interested in somebody who would come alongside them and help them with those family problems. I have a feeling some of them have difficulties on their job. And they would be interested in somebody who could help them with those difficulties with their job. I have a feeling some of them have some deep inner turmoil that they would be interested in somebody who would help them through that turmoil. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. They'll get interested in Jesus if they can see Jesus in you. And I have a feeling you'll get them interested when you show them Jesus. So Philip and Andrew took the Greeks, took these Gentiles, and they told Jesus about it. As we said a while ago, all the surveys say that most people would be interested in coming to church if somebody would just invite them. Think about this coming week. What are you going to be doing tomorrow? Will you come in, who will you come in contact with tomorrow? Have you ever invited anybody to church? Think about the activities of the coming week. Who will you come into contact with? Will it be a neighbor? Will it be somebody at the gas station? Uh, somebody at the grocery store? Have you ever invited those family members? To come to church if you just said to them I want to invite you to come to church where you can hear about Jesus there are a lot of things we may not be able to do a lot of people that we may not be able to imitate but all of us can be an Andrew and invite somebody to Jesus let's pray Heavenly Father thank you so much for such an ordinary man was not mentioned very often throughout the scripture didn't do extraordinary things like we think of Peter or Paul or David or Moses but you used him in an extraordinary way you expanded his horizons and Lord I pray that that's what you'll do with many believers this morning Lord, I pray that as you're calling them to service, Lord, maybe you're calling them to, to teach an adult class, maybe to just start a Bible study during the week at their home, or, or maybe at a restaurant or at a coffee shop, to just talk to their friends and about their friends to come and let's study the Bible together. Maybe you're just laying on somebody's heart that I need to start inviting my family to come to church or my friends or my neighbors. Father, I pray that you will begin to work in our hearts and do whatever it takes. But, Lord, we know for us to be able to invite anybody, to be able to bring people to faith in Christ, we first have to have that faith in Christ. So there may be those who are here in person or watching online who need to know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Help them, Lord, to call out to you this morning and say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, 
and I need to be saved. I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe he was buried in the tomb and arose on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, I pray they'll come this morning to publicly profess that faith in Christ. Others that you're calling to serve you in your kingdom work. Lord, whatever decisions need to be made, we give this invitation to you and we ask for your will to be done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Brother Mike, come and lead us in our hymn of invitation. You come as the Lord lays. I don't know if I have all the announcements. I think the only announcement this morning is a deacons meeting this afternoon. So all deacons, please join us for a little time and we'll spend some time in prayer. And we'll also spend some time talking about a need here at our church. As far as prayer concerns this morning, I would especially like you to lift up two or three people. Uh, Christopher, of course, for first of all, it sounds like he's doing well. So we'll have him kicking soccer balls or something for long. Uh, Katie Jo Bailey is having some severe problems. For those of you who may remember the Baileys were members here a number of years ago, 
she's had leukemia. She seems to be doing well with that now, but she's had some additional problems come up. So please keep Katie Joy in your prayer. Uh, the Mason family this morning. Uh, I, we've talked about the Ukrainian people. I, you, Brother Jim mentioned those. We have some friends that we got to meet over there a number of years ago. Please remember them in their time of troubles right now. Are there any other per concerns or specific that we want to remember this morning? Anybody got any additional ones? Do you think of one, Jim? Okay, and Jim's got an announcement here. Uh, let him come do that. Any other announcements? Anything from missions? Okay, Jim, come make your announcement, and we'll have time for prayer. Miss Pat, if you'll come and join me here for just a moment. Pat didn't know we were doing this. We tried to keep it as secretly as possible over the last couple of months here uh, in our Sunday school classes and then last week, uh, last couple of weeks here with our worship service. But uh, Pat has served faithfully for 31 years as our church treasurer. She's never asked for a dime for doing anything that she's done. She's always done that out of her heart and out of her love. Uh, you know, some people think that being the church treasurer, well, it just takes a couple hours a week. It doesn't. It takes so much more. And you're on call if, you, if checks are needed to be written at, at, at the spur of a moment with anything. And so Pat has faithfully uh, served us here at the church. And uh, as many of you have heard and know that she's stepping back from that a little bit. Uh, she's still going to be our church treasurer, if you will, to give those reports and to, and to reconcile the, the, the ledger and stuff. But at all the most busy part of that, uh, we've, we've given that to Amy uh, to do. And so she's still in the process of training her. But we just wanted to give this to you this morning, Pat, and to say thank you so much for your faithful service for 31 years here at Highland Baptist. Thank you. Thank you, church. This is unexpected. Uh, I've had several people ask me, what are you going to do in your spare time? You know I'm not a person. People that know me, I just don't sit down and do nothing. But I've just come to a point in my life, it's time to slow down a little bit. And I'm hoping in the slowing down process, I'll learn what the word to retire means. I've, not, I've retired two or three times from the city and other places, but I've never really retired. So I'm looking forward to slowing down. Um, That'll come after I get Amy trained, and uh, but I appreciate this so much. Thank you. Well, you remain standing, Brother Ken. Come and lead us in our closing prayer. Ask you to join with me as we pray, uh, as we pray for our church needs, for our fellowship, for those that are going on. Pray that you pray that uh, as Jim talked about being an ordinary disciple this morning. Disciple means a learner. I hope you're doing something to try to learn this week. Uh, put that into practice. And let go there. Join with me as we pray, please. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you that you've given us the opportunity to be here and to grow in our relationship with you. you know, you've called us to be disciples. You've called us to learn. That's what a disciple is, someone who learned from the master. We have the master, Lord, ready and willing to teach us. So, Lord, just teach us now what you want us to know. Uh, be with those who we've mentioned our prayer concerns this morning, the special needs in so many ways. Uh, be with those who we may have not mentioned this morning. I'm sure there are others that have escaped our memory this morning, our, our faulty human memories. Yours is not faulty. You know us all. Bless us now with your presence and go with us this week as we serve you and as we follow you and as we learn from you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.